you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The next day I got to the office and we went down and they asked me to come down to the cafeteria and I did and they handed me a football. My name was on it. And I looked at that and that blew me away. Oh, that, that is, just blew me away. Yeah, I just, when, I, when I saw that, that was, that was my holy shit moment. Are we allowed to say that on the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're okay. good, you're good. Damn right. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. And with me, as always, I got this guy over here. He's nothing without me, but he's better with me. What's up, baby? Roman Harper. That's my I, guy. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree with you. First and foremost, let me just go ahead and say this now because I don't know if we're going to start over or we're going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners, our viewers out there. Give us a five-star rating wherever you pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. Click that like button and a follow. Go ahead, Peanut. All right. I've never read a resume like this before, so it's a lot. It's not the typical resume. So we've you, not had a guest like this. We've never had a guest like this. So uh, three-star athlete, football, baseball, basketball from the Bronx in New York. Uh, he was named athlete of the year his senior year, recruited by several colleges to play football. He had a, a, an injury that ended that. Um, he would eventually take a different route to the NFL. He was an intern to chief executive, and now he is probably the commissioner to the most popular sport in the world. No, probably. Ladies and gentlemen, the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Come on. Thank you, man. I've, I've, and you and you got like this, he's got this Bruce Wayne swag kind of going turtleneck. Oh, it's beautiful. Like oh, yeah. he just I knew I shouldn't have worn it. He's got the foot up. Like he just like I like, okay, a little, little Bruce Wayne. You know, I, I'm feeling it though. I like it. I it's, like it. It's beautiful. We were just having our little jibber jabber now. I I love it. I I don't even know if I've seen the commission. I'm gonna play this for my wife. She's gonna, she's gonna love hearing this from you. Too. Your kids are gonna love it too. All we need is a, all we need is a fire like right there. You know what I mean? Let like me get a little fire going like right that. there. It'll I be like perfect. Yeah. Uh, Commission, I, I gotta be gotta be honest with you. So nobody knew who you were up until you were the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, could you maybe talk us and just kind of take us through that whole process of how you became the man, and also maybe talk about how. As former players, I don't think anybody knew you until you became the guy and you kind of came out of nowhere. And now that you've been here 18 years as commissioner, 42 years in the NFL. <laughs> there it this is. This is 42 seasons for me. Uh, I'm bad at math. When was your first year in the league? <laughs> 82. Okay, 80. I was trying to like the two. I ain't even finna do that. I guess you covered people. Thank you. Yeah, Good you job. I'm better with you. <laughs> um, but it was 82. It was actually the year the players went on strike. My internship was four months long. And the players went on strike, I think it was two and a half months. Uh, it was a really difficult time for the NFL overall fans. Mm -hmm. 
but for you know for a young kid who's just starting an internship with four months i figured this is going to be the end of all for me you know i don't like it literally was running errands and doing different things did you it, think the nfl would last i don't mean to cut you oh, off yeah but i'm no, no, so no. I, interested I in that I, listen I, I i fell in love with the nfl and football when i was i, I don't know as young as i can remember honestly um it, it just it was a sport that i love to play it's a mm. sport that i think teaches so much about life I, I think so many of the lessons i learned through playing are lessons that i use every day in my job um but I also had, you know, an incredible opportunity to get to know a lot of players. Like one of my jobs when I was really young was actually recruiting players out of college to come to the NFL because they had a choice to go to the USFL or the NFL. Oh, yeah, you mm -hmm. had a choice. Yeah. You had to pick. So yeah. Jerry Rice was one of my great recruits. You I, thought, I, like I tell Jerry all the time, I take full credit for your career. Uh, but no, I used to spend time talking to the guys about, you know, the benefits of coming to the NFL and, um, I worked closely with Gil Brand in that. And then, yeah, um, love Gil. Yeah. I got to work. Uh, I got to work with a lot of great people and a lot of great opportunities. I went. Pete Rozelle was a hero of mine, um, who was a commissioner then. I worked on Pro Bowls. I worked on international. I worked on expansion. I just had a lot of great opportunities that people gave me, supported me, and had a chance to sort of prove myself. So I, I was well known in the NFL. I was not yeah. well known publicly for sure. I had um, I worked for the Jets for a year actually as an intern again. Okay, back in 1984, and I still stay in touch with a lot of those players. They're, they're, um, that was a great experience for me. So I, I've just been really fortunate, and as you say, uh, the NFL is is an institution that I think people really admire, respect, and love. They do. I think we have an influence in the world, much less our country and our communities. And I, I'm proud to be part of that. I heard this rumor too. Tell me this. How close were you to actually taking a coaching job with the Jets? <laughs> uh, you, you did your work. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, you know, it was, uh, it was the defensive coordinator at the Jets was Joe Gardy at the time. Uh -huh. And uh, when my internship ended, which was really just from really the, uh, just beginning of the season, to the end of the season, then I was supposed to go back to the NFL. He said, would you stay here and be a defensive assistant? And I really thought about it because I love the game. Yes. But I don't know. Did I make the right choice? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I would say, I would say, yeah. I, you know what you think? All right. I, I, would, I would say, What yeah. position would what you was, coach? Yeah, that's what I was, that was my yeah, question. Was like, like, what? Yeah. How did he even know you could coach? <laughs> I don't think he did. I, you know, I think a defensive assistant, that probably means I was, you know, copying the game plans and, you know, doing all the dirty work. So, but it gives you a chance to see yeah, are yes, you a coach, right? So that was, listen, I was young into it. I was doing everything, right? Yeah. You, you could ask me to do anything and I would have done it. Okay. I was just, I was just trying to get my foot in the door Sponge. and stay in the yeah. door. Yeah. yeah. And learn. And, right, and, right. And I thought that would be a great experience. But as you know, once you go down that track, you don't get out. You don't get out. Yeah. And it, and it was sort of, I, I thought about, I always dreamed of, and I wrote it in college uh, to my dad when I graduated. I said, I want two things. I want to make you proud and I want to be commissioner of the NFL. And I wrote that in college when I graduated. So I said, well, let's stick with the plan. Let's go. I should have did that. I was just like, I want to <laughs> yeah, play. I, wanna, I was like, I want to get you drafted. You said you want to play? <laughs> yeah. I had to, I didn't, I should have put that in the universe. The other side. You didn't so that's what I got to tell my kids. Draft, right? Like, don't be an no. athlete. Just run the league. 
That's yeah, what but I'm I wanted to do what you did. I just wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I think us as former players, we all have that story of that moment where we got hit or something happened and it lets you know that you were in the NFL. I'm so curious to know as a, I guess, the commissioner, as an executive, what was your welcome to the NFL moment? I mean, clearly it wasn't a hit or anything like that, but what was your like, holy, <laughs> holy S. I'm the commissioner of the NFL and I have to deal with this. Oh, when or, I became commissioner? Yeah, when you became commissioner. Like, what was that I like? Love this. Oh, my God. You what, know the, you know what the first time it hit me? Um, so it actually happened in Chicago. Okay. Uh, that's where the league meeting was. And my wife's family's from Chicago. So we were there and um, it was a grueling process. It was four months and it was it was rough. And, you know, it was overwhelming. Dan Rooney came to my room, knocked on the door and said, commissioner, put his hand out. When he said that, I, I really didn't know how to react. It was, mm -hmm. it was really overwhelming because Dan Rooney was one of those. I talked to him every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Dan was one of those mentors for me. And you got to have a lot of mentors. And he was one of them. And then everything, the circus went, you know, the press and everything else. But the next day I got to the office and we went down. And they asked me to come down to the cafeteria, and I did. And they handed me a football. My name was on it already. And I looked at that, and that blew me away. Oh, that, that is, just blew me away. Yeah, I just, when, I, when I saw that, that was, that was my holy shit moment. Now, are all 32? Are we allowed to say that on this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're okay. good, you're good. Damn right. <laughs> so <laughs> another follow-up question would be, what it, what's the interview like? Is it like all 32 or 29 yeah, owners question. or like, do they say, hey, uh, what do you think the success of the league will be in the next 10 years? Or do you do like a business plan or? So, yes, you, you, you know, it's a it's a time really where um, they set the process. You just you have to comply. So I, I forgot what they were. They were there were hundreds, if not thousands of people that expressed. Right. And they there were politicians or all kinds of other things. And I was chief operating officer at the time. Uh, so people said, well, aren't you the logical candidate? And I said, no, not in the NFL. I said, you got you to gotta earn it. And, you know, hopefully my, my experience was helpful. But this process is, was really, it was grueling in that you had to meet with owners individually. Um, we had a two-day period where you had to meet with groups of eight owners. Mm -hmm. And they would just fire questions at you. Uh, and it was. It was all about... What do you think of this? What do you think of the future? What do you, where do you think we should go? Where, what's good about the game? What's bad about the game? Uh, what do you think you would do as commissioner? And it, it had, I had to prepare for that, right? I had to yeah. think about that and reflect on why I thought I was qualified to be the commissioner, but also what my plan was. Because I was, you know, Paul Tegelu was a great commissioner. He, he, he gave me great opportunities. And I had to sort of chart a different course. And that was hard because I, I didn't want to be disloyal, mm -hmm. but I also felt like, you know, it's a different time, right? You have to, you have to lead differently and you have to probably do things differently in a lot of areas. And uh, then the vote came down and it was, it was a really a, once that final meeting happened, it was a, it was two rough days in Chicago and then they announced it. Now, listen to you talk. Uh, it, number one, do you ever think you're ready? Right. <laughs> to be the guy like that's really hard to imagine uh, with all the responsibility, how big the NFL was imagining how how great Paul Tagliabu is like I have a football with his name on it. And I, I kept it sure. for that reason. And then also, I'm surprised 
that your welcome to the NFL moment was not in 2006, my rookie year, same as your first year as commissioner, mm -hmm. right? At New Orleans, first game back in the Superdome versus Atlanta, mm. where. Were you? I, I that was were, the first time I actually got to meet you. I actually remember this. That was like a big celebration because, as former players, we're all taught to kind of dislike you, and <laughs> now that I'm not a player anymore, it's kind of cool. Like you know, <laughs> actually, Rogers Gardner is kind of kind of cool, and he actually is rooting for all the players. I wasn't I, taught to dislike you. They just. I, was, I guess it's a New Orleans. I got to tell you, that was one of the most memorable moments. Okay, it wasn't my wow. Yeah, commissioner of the NFL. So I, I would. That was clearly. I mean, when that return came, it was just, that place just exploded. It know? did. It was it rocking. Was, the energy. It was I, just. Yeah. It was my first time in the place. I didn't understand it. It was tears. People were crying. It was a lot of emotion. I just remember I, watching on I TV. I didn't understand it because I just got there. But being there, I'm so thankful for it. Well, and for me, you know, one of the first things I did, and, and Paul deserves the credit as a leadership, we were intent under his leadership to make sure that team got back to New Orleans and played yeah. in that dome. And it, there were a lot of dark days and a lot of difficult days for the people of New Orleans, um, not just the Saints. But that was a moment where there were many, but there was one of the moments where I realized the impact the NFL could have. It really lifted an entire community up to see that that was a symbol of recovery, right? Mm -hmm. That was, that was, it's going to be okay. Uh, and I think the same thing was true with 9-11. I, I, think, I think the NFL played a leadership role, positioned that of when we were going to play, how long did you mourn the terrible circumstances that we all were facing and the loss. And the NFL did it right Yeah. and, and led. So I realized during a lot of those experiences that the NFL could play a valuable role in our communities, much less our world. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know what? Talking about an impact on the world. Taylor Swift. All mm. right. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. All right. Let's, let's get this all out. I can't wait. All right. Taylor Swift, the impact that she and dating Travis Kelsey has had on the, not only the NFL, the news, the everything, the, the right, the left. I mean, the hair. Yeah. People can't stop talking about it. Like it has become its old deal. Could you maybe talk about how that has like. What has that done for the NFL and how much you guys lean into it? How much are you not? Um, or you don't have any control over it all. It's just a thing. Well, you know, everyone teases me about the script. That was not <laughs> right. in the script. They, they, that was they, not I in was, the script. I was going to walk you down that, that path. <laughs> you were trying to get me to go. Have y'all? Yeah, no. I was, so we met her. She actually, going back to New Orleans, after uh, they won the Super Bowl, she was our kickoff performer. Okay. And we have two little girls, twin girls, and they were at that time, I think five. And so we got to meet her. Okay. And um, so we've known the family and they're huge football fans. Uh, they love the game. So we knew about her love of football. Obviously, it's great to see two the people. The Swifties don't understand that. The Swifties think totally they're in a totally that. different lane and they just come. 
Like they should know that. The and Swift I've got Swifties big at home too. But my my Swifties are football fans too. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I, no, you're right about that. They don't. And I think it's been sort of like two worlds colliding. Yes. Yes. Completely. And yes. And it's completely. it's all it's been a good thing. Yes. Because. I think people are starting to understand the different worlds. It's yes. been great for the game, and she brought her fan base to absolutely uh, to league. And it's I'm sure I don't know what the numbers look like, but I'm sure the numbers are. You know, it's hard to it's hard to say. You know, is it this kind of difference in the ratings? But it, what it does is it's it, it's new fans mm-hmm. that are experiencing our game and following it in some way, whether it's watching a game on television or following it on social or however that you want to engage, that's great for us. Yes. Right. And so we're not, obviously the best thing about this is they are two people who I, I think the world of both of them and they're great and they seem really happy and they're having fun. So great. What do you think about all the negativity? The the people that come from this negative thing, that's like, oh, well, hey, Ro, you're showing Taylor is- too much. They're doing and it's like, how do you address that? Or do you even address it? Like you don't even pay attention. The production is really up to our network partners. So Correct. when yeah. they show, they don't, to me, they do a great job. Uh, um, I get that. But, uh, you know, when a hardcore fans coming to watch a football game, they don't want any distractions. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's part of our game, right? It's part of, it's part of what we do, right? Bring people together. And it, when you have 200 million plus fans, not everyone's going to be happy with everything. I That's promise right. you. True. They're going to get pissed about something. Yeah. And you try to minimize that. But I always say every day, I, I'm, I know I'm going to piss somebody off. I just try not to piss off more than 24 owners at one time. You do get a lot of booze. <laughs> I know you lean into it. Yeah. You do. That's we were talking like, about that earlier. You know, like, you, you know you who introduced a- me to the draft boo was David Stern. And I remember him saying, well, you, haven't, you haven't been introduced to the draft boo yet. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's so I, good. And so he used to get booed at the draft. Yeah. And that's where I guess it started. I don't know. But when we had our the labor stoppage in 2011, that's when it happened. The, the first, that first draft, I, it could have knocked me over. <laughs> We were at Radio City, and when they started booing, I'm serious. It, it almost knocked me back. <laughs> it was that. It was that powerful. I was expecting a good reaction. Believe me. Yeah. Uh, when I say good, strong. Uh, but that one really was powerful. It's like y'all going into Atlanta, or me going into Green Bay. All the boos, people yeah. just boo, go back. So you get it at Atlanta. I love it because I think it's I, I, listen, fans. That's what they're supposed to do. Yes. Right? They, you know, we teach them to be loyal and passionate about their teams. Go for it. All right. So, Super Bowl matchup. 49ers, Chiefs. Are you allowed to pick a team? Do you have a team being a commissioner? Is that a conflict of interest? You know, the Chiefs are in it. <laughs> Don't even give them that out. The, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Stop right oh, there. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop right I'm there. I'm sorry. Don't give them the out. Who are you out. going for? <laughs> the go. Chiefs there or the go. 49ers? Yes. Don't give them the Chiefs out. are back I four times it. in 50, five years. I, I Listen, on, this is the truth because I, I just love a game. As a commissioner, honestly, what you do is you, you root for the team that's behind. You root for good officiating. And most importantly, you root for players to be safe. Oh, that's good advice. So when, I, when, I'm, when I'm watching a game, those are the three things on my mind. And when I'm watching at home, which our our team hates when I'm watching home because I write notes. I, I, I got two or three pages of notes. I'm listening to what the commentators say. Yeah, I'm I think listening. that matters. I'm looking at everything and trying to, you know, make sure our game's being presented the best way and that we can do things to improve. So 
I watch it differently, mm-hmm. but I'm, a, I'm an we incredible fan. Like I'll sit there, I'm, I'll watch football on Friday nights. I go to games, high school games, mid youth games, college games, NFL games. I, I, I love the game. I watch as much football as probably anybody other than John Madden. He was the one that always watched more football than I couldn't keep up with him. He watched every single game. And he that's one of the great values he had for me for 10 years when he quit broadcasting. He was a consultant for us. Oh, and whenever I had a question about yeah. what happened or football or some trend, he, he would either have called me or I would call him. And he knew about it. He remembered the play and he called up. And sitting there watching in his... I can't even call it a home. It was a, he basically had a warehouse with all the screens up there where people move that game to the ma- main screen. And he had an engineer who was doing it. It was incredible. It was, the most, it was the most fun I've had watching a football game. What's one of the things that you've seen at home while you've been taking notes that, say, you didn't really agree with that you've taken to the, the network that they've changed? Well, I think one that we we spend a lot of time on is is officiating. Um, it's a it's a huge. You know, we always work to try to bring technology, and we always try to figure out how we improve. Um, I think the officials do a great job, but you know, you know the speed of the game. It's, it's, it's so fast. So fast. <laughs> and it, Commish, go. the thing is, is that we know the speed of the game. <laughs> right. The average fan does not understand how no big, idea. how fast this game is and how violent totally. it is. Like they have no idea. Absolutely. And they also don't understand how hard it is to make those decisions that you have to make them on the field as a player. Yes. They have to make them on what's the call. Trying it, to call it. It, and, yes. and you can't, you, you know, if it's three and seconds. And we're all late, cheating. We're all trying to get advantage. Well, I wouldn't let say you all cheating, but you are trying to get an advantage. <laughs> but you know, I, and I made this point earlier this week and, and I've said it since that Kansas city Buffalo game, they got the call, right. When the Chiefs player was offsides. Yeah. There was no doubt about it. Yeah. And if you don't call that, the Bills are going to be pissed off. Right. Rightfully so. Right. That, that was a big play. But they were all pissed at the officials and the officials get it right. And they get it right vast majority of the time. When they don't, we try to use that technology to try to see how can we, we fix that. And, you know, that's something that we've gotten more and more into and in using replay expedited replays, looking at the expanded a little bit further. That's something that we continue to, to look at and we will, as well as training them and trying to see what we can do to improve their ability. But they're humans, right? They're right. Like, they they're, like yeah. they're going to make an error. So do they get penalized for uh, things that no, they... Pina, you need to literally... Well, that's a question, but go to what <laughs> we were not going to talk about to him. And you, you have to ask this question. Okay, I'll I'll pivot back to that. Yeah, so the the show is the NFL Player's Second Acts podcast, yeah. right? So and eventually you hurt your your knee or you you got injured your second or I'm sorry your freshman year. Um, how was that experience for you when you had that injury? What were you feeling? And then not only after that, like how did you transition into your second act? So. Um, when I had that injury, it was 1977, the spring, before I went to college. Right. Um, Pitt had just won the national championship with Johnny Majors, but he retired. Jackie Sherrill came over. So I had talked to Jackie Sherrill a lot about coming to Pitt. Play. Mm-hmm. Um, arthroscopic surgery was just coming out. Literally, it was, I think it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I just wasn't, I, 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 I didn't trust it yet, honestly. Um, 
And I just said to myself at that time, I, I, I think I want to go a different path. Uh, maybe this happened for a reason. And I wanted to go. I wasn't a great student. I'll just be honest with you. I was, that was not my highlight in, throughout my high school me. years. Huh? You fooled me. No, I was, I did I know, not. I checked, I you know that, your resume. No, I did, I did, I did well in college because I had yes. to, I had to like, I never, you know, that old thing, he didn't apply himself. I didn't apply myself, but I had four brothers. I'm one of five boys in seven years. Oh yeah. And they were all smart and they were all, you know, going to great college. And, you know, I was thinking about playing football and, you know, um, I just felt like I needed to sort of apply myself and sort of set, buckle down and say, you know what, you got to prove yourself in the classroom. And I, I really did feel strongly about pursuing a career in the NFL. I, I just, I felt something about the commissioner's role and the importance of it and what Pete Brazell and how he did it. And that was always a dream of mine. I, I think saying you're going to be commissioner when there's, I think there's been eight of us since the start of the league. So there's been three of us since 1960. Yeah. So, and so were there any struggles though? I, I, I know you see, and there's the statistics to show that when a lot of us retire, there's a phase where we have uh, like a struggle period or yeah. there's a, a, it's a transition, a, a transitional yes. period. Was that, was your, tra did you have a smooth transition after you no, had your injury? I, well, I went to college um, close to Pitt. I went, it was Washington Jefferson. It was about an hour south of there. Mm -hmm. um, I missed the game a lot. Right. Uh, and I, and it was, it was hard, but I, I was so, trying so hard to be a student and I, all I did was study. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I needed to do that. I thought about coming back and playing at WJ for sophomore, junior year. And I just felt like, you know what, it's, it's, it's past. I got to go forward. And I just kept moving. Um, I do think life is about transitions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for whether you're transitioning into the game, out of the game, into a new career. I think, you know, you, you always have to be looking forward and, and planning for that. You're a great example of that. You are always talking about what you're going to do mm -hmm. when it's the game true. is over, right? And that's... You know, you have to start thinking about that. And it's hard for, we talk about it the morning of the draft with all the draft eligible players that come in. And we talk about that. And it's hard. They, they haven't even been drafted yet. And we're sitting there talking about, you know, the think idiot. about it, right? You got you to gotta think about, you know, off the field. You got to think about how you transition, how you continue to look at what you're going to do beyond your playing days. Hard for a young man at that stage to think about that. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, so this is a personal question, and Thomas is probably looking at me crazy because I'm going to ask it. All right, if you you just said it's you and what is eight commissioners all time, I think that's what it all is. All right, yeah. you guys all in a in a you close the door behind you. Who's walking out? 
You look like Steve Jobs, <laughs> aka Batman. Like, who's walking out? Everybody's in the best shape. I didn't know. I didn't you? know. I didn't know. Paul Tagliabue has some size. Paul Tagliabue got some I think I walking out. got some size. I think I can take tags. I think I can take tags. See, but see, I didn't. They're the only other two commissioners, Pete and Paul, that I knew. I think I could get them both. It's, there you go. I think, I, get, I think you could take why, Adam Silver to in basketball. I think you. I think you got Adam Silver too. So that's I, exactly I, why I asked. He's I, tall and skinny. I, you got I some think, size I think, I, I think I can get him. So yeah, <laughs> I feel good about that. I know this much. I, I won't lose because I didn't try hard. I'll go down. For <laughs> <laughs> like, Fair enough. If I lose, he ain't like it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I don't like to lose. Um, how do you think the league is doing in providing support? For its former players. I, I know it's been a big shift in that uh, under your watch. It's been a lot of whether it's, you know, negotiations, whatever it is. I've seen a big change from when I was playing to what the players complained about to where it is now post-career. I think you guys are doing an awesome job. I mean, it's more things available now for former players than it's ever been at any point in time for former players. And we'll... And how has that been under your watch? And then how do you guys continue to push it further and continue to let that grow? Well, I appreciate you saying that because it has been a lot of work by current players, uh, the union, our ownership, um, and, and former players. You know, I, I met before we did our last collective bargaining um, with, I think it was 20 gold jackets uh, and went to Canton just to talk about that issue. Mm-hmm. What are the priorities? What are the issues? Pretty much pension was the number one priority that was universal. Everyone had a two, three, and four, and sometimes Mm -hmm. they were different. And we tried to address those. But again, it goes to the point of um, recognizing that those former players, you know, they helped build what we're all sharing. No doubt. And and everybody's going to be a former player. If you and I, I said that in many of the negotiations, all of you have that in common. You will be a former player one day, and so it, it's really important for us to provide the opportunities to the point you were talking about before for transition. How how to make that transition successfully? Financials part of it, but yeah. as as you know, most of the former players that I talk to and I talk to a lot, they say it's not really the money, it's not really the fame, it's that locker room. Yeah, it's that support, right? You know, you you don't have that structure as much. Well, I've yeah. never been to a doctor in, in like until you I'm didn't have done. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's you like you have plenty of medical attention, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, right. All these things, all of that, and and I think and particularly when that's put off for so long, right? Our kids are going through that now, transitioning out of college. I think it's a you know they're having to learn that right now, right? You guys didn't have to worry about that until you were over 30, 35. And so I think all of us um, focus on trying to provide the benefits. We've expanded the benefits. Yes. I think one of the challenges, honestly, is making sure that the former players can access those. There's so many programs. It becomes yes, it overwhelming. Uh, yeah. And trying to get them to understand where you access right that. having everything in one yeah. spot exactly centrally and, located so you can get to it right and and you know there are different laws from different states too that you know you have to you, you have to figure but it's also um just trying to keep them part of the game ultimately mm-hmm. uh, you know we we really push with our teams to have stronger um homecoming weekends alumni weekends and have a better relationship 
free agencies made that a little harder. Yeah. Because, uh, but I, I just think it's really important for us to make sure we recognize the importance of what they do and, and we, we assist. And then you have one other issue, which you guys know, a lot of our former Players are incredibly proud and don't want to ask for help. I, that, that's and I'm, and I'm glad I, you mentioned that. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. A, I think it's just how we're we're built. It we're, is. Yeah. You're absolutely. I, I think from the time you're a, a, a young child, it's you get injured, but it's like you good. Okay, get back in there and go. It's good to a certain point, good to an extent, but at some point you have to. Hey, uh, commission, I, I need some help. I'm, I've been struggling, particularly with, in mental health. Yeah, we're doing more and more in that area. And I think that's with active players, with all our personnel. I think we've, you know, we have done such a great job on what we call physical health, if you want to look at it mm-hmm. that way. Yes. I think the care in the NFL is better than it's ever been. And I think it's extraordinary. Um, but I think the mental health is something that we all got to continue to focus on and try to, to help players through that and give them the door right. to walk through to sort of say, I need assistance. Yes. Uh, yeah. We all do at times. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not a weakness, and I think the macho part of it is is hard, right? Right, right. And does that mean he's weak? Does that mean he's not going to show up in the fourth quarter? I think we we're we're changing the culture on that. Uh, I, that that doesn't that's not a weakness, right? It's actually a strength. Strength, most well, definitely. I, I think it's super important, and I don't want to cut you off, Peanut, yeah. but you know, I think the most important call I've had in this 2024 year is to call the benefits department and say I. I want to go see counseling just to see I'm not crazy. Right. right. You know, like uh, I'm not that thrown off. I, I do just want to talk to somebody else. And I think that is okay. It's healthy. Yes. Why don't you call me? I'd have picked up. <laughs> but you're not going to tell me what I need to hear, right? It's like you're going to tell me what I want to hear. And it's really important to sometimes the most important conversation you have is the one you have with yourself. Absolutely. Right. And, and so understanding that, Having some self-realization, I think that's real. I appreciate you understanding that, especially for us players, how important that is in making sure that the the people on top know that, hey, we need to allow these guys to access this, to be a part of their lives. Well, you know how much I respect I have for our players. I, um, the things that are, some of our players have overcome in their life mm-hmm. and, and the, the journeys that they've been on, I think it's one of the things that is so great about the draft is because they get to know these players as as young men and their journey and how they got to where they are. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories are, they're inspiring, they're difficult, but they, um, it just, you, you look at these young men and you sort of say, they're extraordinary, not just as athletes, they're extraordinary as people. Yes. And I think people, I think people forget that because, you know, you're wearing the helmets and they're thinking about that's a player, that's a person. Number one, and yeah. they're great young men, and I, I couldn't be prouder of them. So, I got a I got a fun question for you. Forty two years you've been playing, or excuse me, not playing. You've been in the league forty two, right? You said forty two. Yep. Mount Rushmore of all the people that have helped you get to where you are in life right now. Those four people, who would they be? Wow, that's hard. I mean, you know, it always starts with family to mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, I've been so blessed with. A great family. My parents were great. I lost them very young, um, but uh, I have four brothers still, and we're all really close. I have a great wife um, who understands what I do, and my two. twin daughters. Two. Pardon me. That's two. 
two. Yeah, you oh, get you're four. putting those categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four and brothers then, in and one. Then, and then the wife is two. Yeah. So you get two. No, more. but I better put my wife first. Just okay. For the record, we're, we're not, I put my wife first. Understood. <laughs> cool points. But I got you two. I think professionally. Um, the number of people who gave me opportunities um, to to shine, Pete Rozelle, who gave me a chance to to come into the NFL, um, people who are my supervisors. Pete Abitani worked with me. Pete was my first supervisor when I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so many people that were just um, supportive and gave me the opportunity to try to do something. And then I, I would put... Um, all those mentors are outside the league. I have I have so many mentors. I'm a huge mentor and and believe in that. We all need that. We all need someone to sort of support us, sometimes tell us what we don't want to hear, sometimes just to be an ear. Um, but I think I think mentorship's really important. And I I, I literally have hundreds. Um, and they're from every different world you could imagine. And I think that's important because it's perspective. Yeah. People talk about diversity, and I always talk about diversity and diversity to, of experiences and thought and perspective, and that's that's what I, I that's what I really I treasure in this job. You have a lot of information that right. you have to balance, mm-hmm. but you better understand all the perspectives before you make a decision. Appreciate that perspective. So, <laughs> Rome, we, we don't have any more time. We we got to. I knew you finna no, ask a thousand questions. I'm going to. Yes. Uh, Go for I, it. I'm going to. I want to know your top four players of all time. Who's on your mouth? Nah. Four players of all time. Peanut, Roman. <laughs> I'll take that. I, you know what? Again, I'm, I, I've just met so many great players and so many just great people. I, I could never pick four out of them. Okay. Game. All right. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I like it. Thank you. You're a busy man. It's Super Bowl. Your assistant, she's trying to get you to go. This dude will talk all day. Appreciate you Thank for you. coming out to the show. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate a blessing to have you on. Appreciate you. I enjoyed it. Co- uh, Kamish, I appreciate it, man. In all honesty, having you here is almost like making our very first Pro Bowl. You have officially, like made us official so thank you for having us you deserve thank you guys it. for coming man everybody that looks watches continue to do that roger dell is here that means we are official here we have made it aka Me bruce wayne Tima tillman thank you so much wherever you listen to us pick us up on your podcast whether it's apple podcast iHeartRadio. tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend give us a five-star rating thank you give us a review hit follow Peanut, get us up out of here, man. Thank you. Hey, we out. Cut. Mm. We out. It's a wrap. (laughs) We done. You guys are good, man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.